Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to Shine Church. Thank you guys so much for joining us this weekend. Wanted to continue on this mini-series that Pastor Dan opened up with last week in regards to how Shine Church really started and the pillars that we felt as a leadership team that the Lord gave us to build upon. He had mentioned and, and went into each of these pillars, the engage, empower, identify, and multiply. And so we wanted to continue that. It's a little different series in that what we did is we asked three other couples in addition to the formation team to go away with us for a, an overnight little trip to just pray about what God was speaking to our church. And so what we've been doing starting last week is we've asked each of these couples to share their hearts and what they feel the Lord is speaking to them about each of these areas. And it's been very great. We're super blessed to be able to do that. Thank you guys again for, for uh, being with us this weekend. So it is a little bit out of the norm, but we will continue with that. And today I'm going to share a few thoughts on uh, what I'm calling the empowerment through equipping. We're looking at this whole idea of empowering and, uh, empowering and equipping each other and, and what that looks like. But before I do that, I wanted to just share with you a little story uh, about a little girl. This, this is a story about a little girl that was in Sunday school, and she was asked by her teacher, along with her other classmates, hey, would you guys just draw something that's meaningful to you? So she's drawing, and her teacher comes up beside her and says, little Susie, what are you, what are you drawing there? And she says, well, this is a picture of God. And the little girl goes, well, I just want to draw God. And the teacher said, you know, Susie, it's really sweet, but nobody's ever seen God. Nobody knows what he looks like. And little Susie just kept drawing. She goes, well, in about five minutes, they will. <laughs> so what we're hoping to do is paint a little picture of 2021 as we move together and what God is showing us as a leadership team and to share that with you, to get a little bit of a picture, just like little Susie drawing a picture of what she thought God looked like. So I want to just look at something very important in my heart. I, the, the formation team and the other the teaching team asked me to think about this. And so when I talk about empowerment through equipping, what I'm really referring to in, in my estimation, what I believe it is, is about identity and knowing who we are in Christ. And I'm going to refer to a scripture here in Ephesians where Paul is laying out this whole picture of being one body. There's one body. There's one baptism. He's sharing all this in chapter 4. And then he says something very, very powerful near the end of this um, little series here. He says this in verse 15, but speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the body, even Christ, from whom the whole body being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies according to the proper working of each individual part causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. To me, that is a picture of us, the body, being together, and it's interesting. You know, the joints in a body, just, just a, the, the joints in a human body, there's two main purposes for it. It's to support the skeleton, to support the body, but it also has every joint. They have the same purpose in this. They are supporting movement. Isn't that interesting? Paul is painting a picture of us individually being empowered by the Holy Spirit with unique gifts, unique things that God gives everybody so differently for holding the body together through the power of the Holy Spirit 
and that we can have the support we need to move forward. And we're believing that we're moving forward in 2021 by encountering him, by equipping each other, by empowering one another, by what God speaks to us. Now, I knew for years about being a Christian. I knew that Jesus loved me. I knew I believed in him. I knew that God loved me. But I had no idea who I was in Christ. And that's why I believe that's fundamental to being a a, a Christian and to be able to move together in the body together, to know the uniqueness of who I am. Now, there's a a diagram that we're going to show you that that explains this a little better. And what I mean by that is there are three main areas that I believe are important to understanding your identity in Christ in terms of the, the, uh, the movement of that into the body. They are this. There's a, there's a need, there are gifts that we each have, and there's also a passion that each person has. And where those three intersect, I call that the sweet spot because I believe that that's where the Holy Spirit energizes each of us to do what he's called us to do. And it's so powerful because, man, for years I just thought, if I'm passionate about something, maybe what God really wants me to do is something I'm not passionate about. That's a little more holy. I don't believe that's true anymore. I believe the Holy Spirit empowers us with passion in a unique, individual way to do what he's calling us to do for the building up of itself in love. And that's where we're moving together in 2021. And we need you. We need each other as a a team, as a family. We want to empower you. You empower us by what you do and what you speak into our lives, and it's wonderful. And here's the beautiful thing. Jesus holds it all together by the power of his word. And so Christ in us, the hope of glory, is such a foundational truth for me because from that, from that picture of who I am in Christ, who you are in Christ, with your passion, your gifts, and seeing the need, Where that overlaps and you find your sweet spot, man, the body is built in love and we move forward. And we're super excited to be talking about this together. I'd like to to ask Marcus Pillar to come up now. He wants to share with you guys some of his thoughts on this. We love you and thank you so much. Thank you, Pastor Rob. Um, I think it's pretty incredible, you know, the way that the Lord works in his people, and just the idea and the heart behind this church to truly go after not just developing people when it comes to a weekend service, but really encouraging this idea of growth on a daily basis. And I just want to encourage everybody, you know, as we're going through this series, but even jumping into new content here down the road, that you're taking good notes, that you're, you're not just writing it down on paper, but you're applying it to your heart, because it's so important that this, this is not just something that we come and we receive on a weekend, but don't apply it to our lives. And I'm going to get to that in just a little bit. But um, I, I would think it's safe to say that probably most of you guys have probably put a piece of Ikea furniture together, right? I mean, most of us have. And, and it's really funny because Ikea, it's like they have this algorithm that there is no piece of furniture that they have that's less than like 3,800 pieces. And if you've ever unboxed a piece of Ikea furniture, you've opened the box and you've realized that there's 3,800 pieces that you absolutely have no clue how any of them fit together. And so you open up the instruction manual, and thank God they have one. But the funny thing about instruction manuals for Ikea is they have no words. And so they're sending their stuff out to all over the world. So they just use photos to show you how to put each piece together. So, you know, out of this 3,800-piece project that you're working on, there's a 500-piece manual that tells you how to put it all together. But thank God they've given us that manual because the reality is, is 
I would never be able to unbox a piece of Ikea furniture and put it together to function appropriately the way that was created to function without the manual. And so when we talk about empowering and engaging with the Lord and and really growing in the education in our lives to, to grow as a Christian and as a believer and a follower of Christ with our family, with our friends and the community that we have, God has given us a manual to not leave us just with all of these pieces of life without understanding how to put them together. And there's such a great blessing in this understanding that he's given us his word, his word right here, the written word of God, the spoken word of God as well that's been written on paper as this manual for our lives. And so I just want to encourage you guys with this. Um, God's word is more than just ink on paper. It's more than just good words that men wrote thousands of years ago. But God's word is something that lines out a path of blessing, a path of righteousness, of life, of peace, of joy, of freedom, of salvation in our lives. It's the manual that we look at to see the success of our lives being put together and established the way that God has desired and designed for us. And I think it's really important to go to scripture to actually understand that. And so Paul wrote a letter to Timothy. Um, In 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, he says it this way. He says, all scripture is breathed out by God and it is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man or woman of God may be competent and equipped for every good work. God has given you his word and he's given me his word so that we can be equipped for all of the good works that he has set out before us. But without that manual and trying to live life by ourselves and in our own way, it's like putting together a piece of Ikea furniture without a manual and trying to figure out how in the world does this go together. And you will never, I can promise you, you will never figure out exactly how that is supposed to fit together. In fact, it's the most important instruction manual on the planet. Mark 4.4, Mark says, man cannot live on bread alone. In fact, this is Jesus' words. He's he's recanting what Jesus said. Um, And it says, man cannot live on bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. This word is not just a manual, but it's the sustenance that we need for our very lives to thrive. And I believe that every one of us are here this weekend because we desire for our lives to thrive in Christ. And so when I look at that, I think there's a few things that we need to understand about God's word. And the first one is this, God's word is pure. It is pure, it is undefiled, and there is no wisdom or guidance from the world that, um, sorry, there is no wisdom or guidance from the word that will lead you astray. The wisdom of the world will always lead us astray. It's given from knowledge and it's given from man, but if it's not given by God, then it will always lead us down a path that will lead us astray. In fact, in Psalm 119, it says, how can a young man keep his way pure? A a very reasonable question that we can ask ourselves. How, How do we keep our lives pure? And the definition of that and the way to go about that is, he says, by guarding it according to your word, Lord. God's word is a guard of our heart and it is pure. It is righteous and when we follow it and we read it and we do what it says, It brings purity in our lives. It brings a path of righteousness in our lives that God is desiring, and I hope that we all desire as well. Second, God's word is powerful. It is not powerless. God's word is powerful. The power of God's word isn't found in the discipline, though. We talk about the the spiritual disciplines, reading your Bible, prayer, all of these things that are really good to apply to our lives, but the power of God's word is not found in discipline alone. It's found in the application of his word in our lives. You know, I was just talking with my wife, Janelle, um, last night, actually, about this. And the reality is, is there's a lot of people out there that are not pleasing the Lord, but they know his word very well. 
The knowledge of God's word is one thing, but the application of it in your life is a whole different thing. And so I wanna encourage you, church, that God has called you to be equipped and empowered through his word. He's given you a manual not to just memorize it, but to take it and apply it to your lives. It's like reading an Ikea manual with no words, memorizing how something goes together, but never being satisfied with the fact that you've put this piece of furniture together and now you've seen the application of that word being played out. You don't go to Ikea so that you get a manual. You go to Ikea so that you get a piece of furniture. And it's really important in our lives. I think there's a lot of people that go to church to get the word, but they never apply it. And therefore, they never see the activity of God in their lives and the depth and the richness of what he desires. And so, church, I say that not in a condemning way. I say that in a way that is encouraging to say, take his word and put it in your heart and live it out. In fact, James 1.22, James says, be doers of the word and not hearers only. Because if you are a hearer only, you are deceiving yourself that you are actually pleasing God. I don't, I don't care how many scriptures you've memorized throughout your life. If it's not applied, then it's not appreciated fully and valued the way that God has put it out in our lives. Third, God's word is perfect. There is nothing missing from God's word. And, and it's funny because I think oftentimes, you know, when we look at God's word and we say that it's perfect, well, they say, well, there's, it doesn't talk about every situation in life. And I do agree with that. It doesn't talk about every situation in life. But here's the reality. It doesn't have to cover every situation in life because it covers every need that we have. It, it, we have a, a defined set of needs, and God understands that. And he gives us direction in his word that can be applied to every situation in life. And so it's not like a manual step one, step two, step three, because every one of our lives are different with the 3,800 pieces that put our lives together or more. But the reality is, is it is foundational truth that he's given, and it is perfect. There is nothing missing from his word that cannot be applied to your life to bring blessing and to bring life. Proverbs 30, 5 through 6 says, Every word of God proves true. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. Do not add to his words, lest he rebuke you and be found a liar. What God's word says is truth, it is power, and it is perfect. And there is not one thing that we are to add to this or remove from it. And so I want to encourage you, church, go and consume his word. In fact, I want to encourage you to consume the word of God more than you consume any other area of spirituality in your life. More than you do a weekend service, more than you do a podcast, more than you do K-Love on your radio, more than you do any other thing that you do in your walk with Christ, may you consume his word more than any of those things. Because the reality is, is this is the only unfallible perfect truth in life. In God's word, fourth and foremost, God's word is permanent. Matthew 24, 35 says, heaven and earth will pass away, but Jesus said, my words will never pass away. And we all know that one day we will leave this world, we will leave this life, but the reality is, is the word that he has spoken is so deep and it is so rich and is so true is the one permanent thing that we have here in this life and in this world that will carry on to the next. They are the words of life. They are the words of truth. They are the words of blessing. And when we take them and we apply them to our lives, we experience this depth of richness and favor from the Lord and blessing that we could never even imagine. In fact, I really would be so bold as to say our level of spiritual growth, and that's what we're talking about this week, and our level of spiritual growth and our intimacy with the Lord is directly uh, correlated to the depth and the passion that we have for his word. I'm going to say that one more time. Our level of spiritual growth and intimacy with the Lord, which I hope you want to grow and I hope you want intimacy with the Lord, but I will tell you right now, that is directly cor- cor- uh, correlated to the depth 
and the passion that you have for God's word. And I, I say that because I've experienced that. And, and I know many of you guys probably don't know me, and I don't have time to go into my story, but I, I, the last four years of my life, even five years of my life, have been very challenging, trial by fire, been cut at the knees in many ways. And um, there was a period of time over these last three years specifically, a, a long period of time, where, where really I had nothing. Everything that I thought was the, the, the elements that propped my life up and the things that I built my life upon were cut out from underneath me. And, and that rug was pulled out. And I was put into a place in a position where, you know, very much I hung my head down low and I felt very sorry and sad for myself. And just, I was hurt, a lot of self-inflicted pain as well and pain that ca- was caused to others. But there was a period of time um, in that process that I realized that all I had, the only food that I had, the only source of life that I really had was this, was God's word. It was his truth. And it wasn't, again, just sitting down and reading but it was taking and consuming and digesting and applying and seeing the richness of what he has written as truth in his word. And the life that comes from that, I can tell you right now, is so far more abundant than just ticking the box of reading your Bible. You know, doing that you version plan and just making sure that you're staying on track or trying to catch up. Because while those things are great and I believe that discipline itself is something that's important in our lives, I want to encourage you, the richness of God's word is far more than just a discipline. It's an application in our lives that brings life. If I were to tell you three things about God's word that have impacted me, that I would love to encourage you with as you walk this journey as well along with me, I would say seek God's word with all your heart. Give it everything that you have. Apply it to every situation that you encounter. His word has application for every single thing that we walk through. Let's apply it. And then when we do those two things, there's this amazing blessing that we get to live in. And I desire for every single person who calls themselves a believer to not just be one that reads his word, but ones that seek it, apply it, and that they live in the blessing that comes from it. And I believe that's the journey that we're all on together. It's not one that there's an end of that road. It's one that, um, you know, we're going to walk down for the rest of our lives, but the richness of when we do that together corporately, we encourage each other, one another, um, and we get to be challenged, we get to be blessed, and we get to see blessing far beyond what we could ever create within our own selves. And so let's do that journey together. Thank you, guys. I'm going to invite my wife up here, Janelle. Awesome. Um, what I love in just hearing even the passion with what Rob has shared and what Marcus has shared is all of this passion and all of these things that we get to talk about being equipped by the word of God, being educated by the word of God, learning our identity, all of these things flow from God himself. And so sometimes in church we hear that where someone gets up to speak and people are like, oh, I just don't know the word like Pastor DJ, or I don't understand identity like Pastor Rob, or whatever it may be. And God wants you to know today that you can find those same truths and those same revelations in his word, that he has special things to show you, and he wants to take you deeper. And that's what we're talking about just with being equipped, educated, and empowered is going one step deeper, growing one step closer to Jesus, becoming 1% more like him, all of these things, it's little bite-sized, 1%, 2021, 1% better, deeper, closer. And the power of the gospel changes 
everything. So this is what I love about Jesus. Jesus didn't do what he did so that we would just be 1% closer. God sent his son so that we could be 100% reconciled to Christ, 100% closer. Jesus did that work in his power. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. You are 100% a new creation when you receive Jesus. He gave 100%. He gives you 100% strength, 100% peace, 100% joy, 100% forgiveness, 100% acceptance. And so when we talk about this and we're talking about growth, we're not saying that you have to do all of these crazy things in order to know him or to walk with him. But we are saying that God sent his son so that you would be 100% reconciled. And what he asks when we talk about 1%, he's asking for your 1%, for your mustard seed, for your fish and your loaves, the tiny thing that you can bring. Matthew 17, 20 says, he said to them, because of your little faith, for truly I say to you, if you have faith like the grain of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. So maybe the question for each of us this weekend as we think about just growing 1% better, looking 1% more like Jesus, God is asking, will you bring me your 1%? I meet you every time with all that I am, with all that I have, with every need that you have met, but will you bring me your 1%? And it may not seem like much to you or to me when we bring that 1% and we try to meet him in that place, but that 1% is everything to God. It says that if we meet him in that place, nothing will be impossible. We talk about bite-sized steps. Why? Because that 1% for us, as we look to the word of God, we see that that means we can have 1% growth in our marriages, 1% in our parenting. We can see restoration. Maybe it's restoration that you need to see in your life. And God is saying, meet me in that 1% today to figure out the healing that I want to bring to your life. How to manage money, what work ethic and integrity look like. He addresses all of those things. And again, 1% can seem so small to us. But we see over and over again where the Lord takes 1% that someone brought and multiplies it to beyond their wildest dreams, their wildest imaginations, and he wants to do that in and through you. And so ultimately we ask, as we listen to these things, how in the world is this possible? Because in my flesh and in my own strength, 1% is nothing, and you're right. It is nothing, but in the power of God, how is it possible? Acts 1.8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. When the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon you, your nothing becomes everything. And so we just want to encourage you, walk in that, be empowered. And again, we're just excited to do this together. Thank you so much, Janelle. Man, so encouraging just to hear what God is speaking to each of us. Uh, when I think about... Uh, empowerment through equipping, uh, my mind naturally goes to uh, the Mask of Zorro, 
uh, where the older Zorro, yes, of course, uh, where the older Zorro told the young apprentice, he said, when the pupil is ready, the master will appear. When the pupil is ready, the master will appear. And I think in our lives, when we think about how God equips us, it's, it's, it's the same in, in this way, that when we're ready to take that first step, that 1%, when we're ready to bring what we have to the Lord, as Pastor Janelle was sharing, man, that is when it matters most. That is when God is ready to meet us in that place and take us to the next level. And, uh, you know, in thinking about the passage that Pastor Rob shared, Ephesians chapter 4, when uh, we're talking about the church and, and uh, you know, God is challenging us to say he's given us these leaders to equip us for works of service, then that very next verse, uh, verse 13 says, until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge or experiential knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining, listen to this, to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. <laughs> Whoa, okay, that's how God sees us. That's how God sees our potential. That's kind of his expectation, not in like, okay, make this happen, but just this is how I see you. This is, this is what you have in you, my church, my sons and daughters. You have the DNA of Jesus in you. We have it together collectively to look like him, to become like him, to represent him in this world. But it all begins with that tiny little step. And I thought about just a couple of people in the Word of God that uh, were told, you know, this principle that something very, very small, a little decision, can grow into something really, really big. And one that I thought of was in Exodus chapter 3 when God was asking Moses to go on this mission to set his people free. And he asked them this simple question, what's in your hand? What's in your hand? And it might not have seemed like very much. It was a shepherd's staff. And up until that point, it was called the, the rod of Moses. But he said, will you lay it down? And when Moses trusted and did that very thing, laying down what seemingly was insignificant to go up against an emperor, a pharaoh, a mighty person who was enslaving millions of people. But when he did, it became alive. And it became from then on known as the rod of God. So God sometimes is asking us, hey, in this little teeny decision, will you give me what you have, what's in your hand? Another one was in the Gospels where we read of uh, Jesus in Mark chapter 6. Um, Jesus getting ready to feed this huge crowd of people, 5,000, and I think that was just the men. So it might have been fifteen or 20,000 people that were fed on that day. But one of the questions that Jesus asked his followers was, well, how many loaves do we have? Again, did he need any of them? No. Did, did the one who spoke the stars into existence need, you know, five loaves of bread in order to do a miracle? No. I don't think he needed it in the least. But yet he asked, hey, what do you have? What do we have? I think we're seeing this principle of, hey, what's my 1%? What can I bring to the Lord? Not because he needs it, but just as an act of, of cooperation, of faith, of trust, of, of my willingness to say, yes, Lord, use, use what little bit this is. And from there we know the miracle that happened, the multiplication as it was broken and as God blessed it. The other one was this. Back to the Old Testament in Judges chapter 6, we read of this, uh, this man who was hiding in a wine press uh, processing uh, the, the wheat and to hide from the Midianites who had taken over the land. And the angel of the Lord appears to him and says, greetings to you, mighty warrior. He says, what? What are you talking about? I'm not a mighty warrior. And God told him and spoke to him and said, Go in the strength that you have. 
and you'll see that my people will be delivered. And I believe that to this point that God takes little teeny decisions in the secret place, little teeny steps of trust and obedience that might seem so insignificant, like this is never going to get me there. But as I believe as the Chinese proverb reminds us, the journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. And God is maybe asking us this year, hey, are you willing to join me on the very first little step? I believe that we're going to see, and Pastor Dan's even going to share, some of the opportunities that we're praying and working to, to provide. And that God, most importantly, is wanting to ensure you have before you. He's going to make sure you have those opportunities. But the question is, when you or I receive that opportunity, what will I do? Will I be willing to bring what I have to God, to lay down my staff like Moses did, or to go in the strength that I have, as small as it might be as Gideon did, to bring my five loaves as that little boy did? And I believe that if we're predisposed to bring what we have, God is going to use it in miraculous ways. Pastor Dan? So, so good. Um, so, I just want to remind everybody, the reason that we're teaching this three-week series this way is because I want you to catch um, the unity that is coming from the teaching team and even the couples that we invited to come as the vision team. And so, um, <laughs> I'm sitting here listening to everybody, and um, we, we got together just because of the snowstorm this weekend and everything, we got together just last night to actually kind of say, okay, what, are, what is each person going to teach on and what are they going to do? We didn't discuss really verses or anything like that. There's over 31,000 verses in the Bible, guys, and these guys have taken the verses that I was going to use. Over 31,000, they used the ones that I was going to bring. But here's what excites me about that, is there's such a unity about what is taking place. And there's an excitement about what is happening here at the church, what God is doing for 2021, this whole idea of having encounters, being equipped, uh, going after the one. I, this whole thing that we're teaching you is something that we're we're not just doing for this one weekend. We're actually giving this to you because we want you to understand that as we move forward, these are the things that are going to start to happen and, and start to take place. And as DJ said and as Janelle talked about, as you guys commit to stepping out and moving one step closer to God, maybe changing something 1%, just a little, one thing at a little time. And as you guys step out into that, we as a leadership team are committing to you to move one step closer closer towards you, to move with you in this thing, and we want to come alongside you and help this process uh, of the training. And so uh, I mentioned this last week, but I just want to mention it again. I think the church um, has done a, a disservice to you, to be quite honest with you, and using the verse that Marcus did, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training. Some translations actually say teaching, correcting, rebuking, and training. And I would submit that when it comes to the teaching part, churches are really good. When it comes to the correcting part, uh, they're okay. When it comes to the rebuking part, maybe a little bit. But in an actual church service, the training part, almost non-existent. And I have been reminded through this whole series that God stirred in all of our hearts as a leadership team to create a church where you would feel like you could get trained. And as I said uh, last weekend, if we go into a gym and 
learn about an apparatus and we're taught about it and we're shown how to use it, but we're never given the training to step onto that apparatus and use it, we're going to have a hard time jumping into the world and doing that. And so we as a church want to not only teach you about the things of God, but we want to come alongside you and create ways and avenues where we can train you in doing these things. First Timothy 4 7 and 8 says this, but reject irreverent, silly myths. Instead, train yourself for godliness. For physical exercise is of limited value, but godliness is valuable in every way, holding promise for the present life and for the one to come. The training, church, is of vital importance to your spiritual health, my spiritual health, and the health of us as a church. And here's what's super exciting to me about, I've said that like three times, super, I'm super excited about what's taking place. Um, I have had already two conversations since last weekend with people from this church that have come in to the office, one in particular saying, while you were teaching, while the teaching team, the vision team was teaching last week, I just kept writing all these notes, and, and he goes, I just want to share what I see God is stirring, and what was amazing was the things that he was saying was all of the things that our staff and vision team had been talking about, and I was just like, you are so encouraging me by what God showed you in the middle of that, and it's just, there's a hunger, there's something stirring in us us as a church. The second one is I had a young lady come in and just say, um, you know what? I am struggling defending my faith. And Pastor Dan, would you come alongside me and help me to learn how to defend my faith? And basically what she was saying is, hey, uh, I don't just want the knowledge of this, but I want to be able to apply this in conversation with people that are in my life. And so I know DJ challenged all of us last week, uh, our are you, are you feeling like this is, this is what God is doing? I, I would say you guys are saying yes to that in the fact that I've already had a couple of people come in and talk to me. I haven't talked to anybody else and, and see if they had those kind of things. But I bet that that is going to happen more and more and more. And we are just super excited. And so in the coming weeks, church, you are going to see us as a leadership team really seek out the heart of God. And as a teaching team, as formation team, as a staff, we're going to be asking the Lord, what is it that you want us to do for this weekend? And you might find us doing different things, and I want you to be okay with that. It might be a little stretching. Um, I was actually reminded of early on when we started the church, um, before I would speak, I would have one of you pray for messages. I felt like the Holy Spirit told me, bring that back. And so, Get ready, because I might be asking you to pray uh, at the beginning before we even get started. Why? So that you are being trained in how to pray. That not you just hear about prayer, but you're actually being trained in it. And so I'll just f finish by saying this. I feel like God is sparking something about prayer, even. And as I was thinking about that, in light of being equipped, trained, empowered, um, before you would physically go exercise, what they tell you to do is stretch. In order to not get hurt in that physical activity, they want you to stretch your muscles. I would submit to you, church, that before we do any of this stuff, we need to stretch. And that stretching is prayer. It's prayer. It's saying, God, we want you to be the healthy aspect of 
anything that we step out into and keep us safe and keep us uh, tied to you as we step out into these things. And so, Heavenly Father, we come to you and we look forward to how you're going to equip us, how you're going to educate us, how you're going to empower us into the things that you have for this church. And I'm so excited as part of a leadership team uh, to be a part of a group of people that truly do hunger and thirst for more of you. And so, Lord, we lift everything. We lift this whole concept, this whole idea, the whole vision. God, we lift it up to you, and we say, God, stretch our spiritual muscles. God, prepare our spiritual muscles in order that we could step out and step into the things that you have for us. And so, Lord, we thank you that you are doing this, that you are stirring this in our hearts. And, Lord, we look forward to the things that are going to come out of this. Lord, we thank you for these things in your name. Amen and amen.